Startup Life Hacks, Episode 3. If it doesn't hurt, like if you're not giving up something you think you really, really need, then you haven't found your, your MVC yet. Welcome. Welcome to Startup Life Hacks. Ever wondered if you have what it takes to start a business? Join us as we share with you inspiring stories from these amazing entrepreneurs. Let their journeys bring you one step closer to achieving success. And now, here's your host, Romel Cabal. What is up, Hacker Nation? Thank you for taking the time to listen to this special podcast episode, because this was actually one of the first interviews I've recorded in a mobile device. Let me first start by introducing you to how I met the guests that I have for you today. When I first had the idea of a podcast and decided to interview startup founders, I was trying to figure out how to even get in touch with them. Sure, I've had friends who started their own businesses, but I wanted to also reach out to the community to see who else is out there doing great things. I've read that conferences were the thing to go to when you want to network with people. So that's exactly what I did. It just so happened that San Diego had a startup week where people can attend different events, most of them located in downtown, and increase their knowledge on the many stages of starting your very own company. I thought, this was perfect. I was going to meet a lot of people, drink a couple beers, done. But in reality, I was pretty nervous going out there alone. To me, networking events kind of felt like speed dating. You say your pitch on what you do, why you're here, exchange business cards, then move on. I'm sure many of you had this experience before. So what was the best idea I could think of? That's right, bring a wingman. I ended up bringing my buddy with me who was also fired up about startups. And with no surprise, that actually brought my anxiety levels down. Things didn't exactly go so well in the beginning because it took a while for us to even get parking downtown. Surprising, right? So we ended up missing some of the events we wanted to go to, like seminars on product development or even growth hacking. And then we saw this event called Magic Nights Talks, hosted by seven CTOs, and figured, why not? This sounds cool. During a talk, we met Rob Kaufman, the guest of today's podcast episode. You can tell this guy has an aptitude for learning and teaching others what he knows, especially through the program that he founded called Learn. I thought, I had to get this guy on my show. We ended up exchanging information and set a meeting date for the interview. We decided on having a meeting in his office in North Park. And to my surprise, everything that could go wrong did go wrong. Man, I hate Murphy's Law. Equipment wasn't working. There was unexpected construction outside the door where we were having the interview. But Rob was a trooper, and things ended up fine. So please welcome to the mic, Rob Kaufman. I grew up in Los Angeles, um, in uh, near Pasadena. And um, my uh, dad works at the Jet Propulsion Laboratory up there. So I grew up surrounded by like rockets, real rocket scientists and uh, space exploration nuts. Um, I went to school at Cal Poly and then moved down here to San Diego where I've been involved in the Ruby on Rails community kind of since its fledgling beginnings Um, and uh, just been really excited to to watch that community grow. Awesome. Over here at Startup LifeX, we're concentrated on the journey. So what was your upbringing like? What was your personal history Mm -hmm. 
or professional background that made you who you are today? Sure. Um, kind of unsurprisingly, I was a pretty nerdy kid uh, growing up. Uh, I uh, played D&D and, you know, uh, all of that stuff. Um, I definitely uh, was interested in computers for from a really early age and was very fortunate to kind of be exposed to them um, and uh, sort of knew that I either wanted to go into psychology or programming really early on. Um, and so right around the time I hit like junior high, I made the decision that I wanted to be a software developer and sort of started down that path. Um, but I didn't want to take the cubicle path that I watched, you know, my dad take in his career. I mean, it's been really good for him and is a good fit for his personality. Um, but I'm a little less structured than that. And so I knew that I wanted to go out on my own and to do more of the like freelance consulting and maybe get involved in some startups and. So I sort of, I was really fortunate to set that path really early on. So you really feel that when you started programming from age two, that really helped you out in this decision to go this route? Yeah, totally. I think that, you know, I, I joke about having started programming at age two. Um, my dad and I would play video games together in a like cooperative manner um, where one of us would be the navigator and one of us would be actually, you know, sort of driving. Um, and so that is very much reminiscent to pair programming. Um, so I used to sneak out from nap time to, to do that with him and it was totally okay unless mom caught us and then we'd both get in trouble. Um, and so, yeah, I definitely have been, you know, working on computers and programming and like, you know, goofing around on the calculator when I was supposed to be studying math or chemistry and, um, writing little games for my friends and that kind of thing growing up, uh, definitely put me in a good place, um, sort of launch into the career. Uh, I because I knew what I wanted to do really early on. Um, I took a lot of like community college classes, like part time in high school, to learn about the entrepreneurial lifestyle and running companies and business finance and some of that stuff. And sort of got prepped for that really early. Um, and I can't sort of overstate what an advantage it is to like be able to do that and to have that support. Um, but also I think that, you know, the, that clarity of drive is really a powerful, um, it's hard to find what you love, right? Right. And if you're lucky enough to find what you love early, then that kind of gives you a head start on everybody else. Mm -hmm. And it's really awesome that you had your father, you know, behind your back this entire time, which goes to my next question. Um, most of us had an idol while growing up. Mm -hmm. So who was that someone that you look up to or are currently looking up to? Yeah, uh, my dad has been a great influence in my life. He um, never really pushed either my sister or I to get into programming, but he always made it available. Um, I have a copy of the Kerman Ritchie C book from like the same year that I was born. It was like always around in the house that, you know, whenever we wanted to, if we wanted to learn anything or ask questions, he was always there, there for us for that. But he didn't like push us into the family trade in any way. So mm -hmm. he, he you know, kind of made it available and then stepped back to see what we would do with it. Um, and, you know, he definitely um, always made time for, for us, even though he was super busy with a full engineer career, engineering career that took up a lot of time. Um, he, he definitely always sort of carved out that balance. Mm -hmm. um, and that's something I definitely look to advice from him on now. Um, I would say one of my biggest struggles right now is that work-life balance thing. And so exactly. trying to take some lessons from him still today and uh, coming back around to to getting a little more, you know, equal time. Mm -hmm. That's really great. We always hear in the news about the overnight successes of these amazing entrepreneurs, but these are the overnight successes that took maybe 10, 20 years. Looking back, what was your worst entrepreneurial moment 
and lessons learned from that? Um, I always have a really hard time letting go of projects. Um, when and when you're doing startups, especially, but in business in general, like you have to let go of your failures. Mm-hmm. Um, and not every project succeeds. In fact, most projects don't succeed. And uh, that's really my biggest struggle. On the consulting side, often that means firing a client and saying, hey, you know what? We're not going to work together anymore. This isn't working out. Um, And the run-up to that is incredibly stressful for me. Um, I hate letting people down. I hate not being able to succeed on something. Um, And I put a lot of pressure on myself and often on my teams to get there. And so when we don't, it's a huge struggle. Um, And... uh, there have been really only in the last, we'll see, Notchate started in 2007. And during that time, we've only had uh, to renegotiate quantities of payment after the fact twice. Um, and we've only let three clients go during all that time. Um, but I, the run-up to those moments are so hard Like to just say, you know what, we're going to shake hands and walk away. We're done. Right. Um, it, I, I struggle with that so much, and you know, as I, I have a couple projects in my in my like stable of things that I'm doing right now that I should say, you know what, this didn't work, and walk away from. Uh, and I really, really struggle with that. Like that's what keeps me up at night. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I really struggle with, also, like trying to please everyone, just like you. Mm-hmm. So you got to learn when to say no. Yeah, yeah, saying no is definitely one of the hardest things about being on your own is that no one else is going to say no for you. Like you have to be able to step up and say that. Right. So you've explained your worst entrepreneur moment. What was the great success that you had as an entrepreneur? So my goal uh, from the time I hit high school was to start my first company about the time I hit 30. Um, at 26, I was working for a web startup here in San Diego and the money had gotten tight and things had gotten a little uh, stressful. There and uh, I looked around. I was doing a little contracting part time, and uh, I talked to my significant other, and we said, "You know what? Let's do this. Let's take the jump." And so at 26, I started Notch Eight um, and went freelance. And you know that first couple of days, you're like waiting for the other shoe to drop, and like someone to come and tell you that you're doing it wrong, and you're going to prison now, or like that you have to go get a job or whatever. And it's been uh, really great ever since. Um, I've done bouts of working for other people again and, and gone back and forth a few times, but like fundamentally like hitting that milestone so early has been really great. Um, and really let me like move up the timeline on everything else. Mm-hmm. So where do you see this organization five years from now? So Nachi, um, which is the company I founded originally for my consultancy, um, is both a consultancy. We have offices here in San Diego and in Portland. And we recently launched Learn, which is a code school. Um, so it's a four-month full-time program, uh, face-to-face, really, really good student-teacher ratio. Um, and so we're really sort of expanding our horizons in a big way. Um, I want to grow the consultancy a little bit more over the next couple of years. But the goal ultimately is to switch to doing products. Mm-hmm. The whole point of, doing a, of being a consultant was I wanted to see as many businesses as possible, as quickly as possible, to learn what did and didn't work firsthand as much as I could. Um, and doing startups sequentially it can be very hungry mm-hmm. and very stressful <laughs> um, and uh, isn't necessarily the best way. And so I've been able to go to VC meetings with clients and you know sit around the table at Sequoia and uh, Texas Angels and, oh, wow. you know, and, and be part of the, those organizations in very serious ways. 
but still sort of maintaining my own little fiefdom, right? And like maintaining my own uh, separateness from them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's been really great because we've, I mean, we've worked with over 40 companies since 2007. Wow. And so I've learned a lot about big businesses and small businesses. So the goal is to sort of leverage that up in the next few years to start doing our own products and having our own offerings. Um, Learn is kind of the first one of those, right? Like I always thought that the first uh, product from Notch 8 would be a web thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like it would be some sort of application or software. And it turns out that the first product is an educational platform, right? And it's the in-person, you know, it's sort of the opposite of the internet in a lot of ways, right? <laughs> Very personalized. Um, and that's been really a, a cool experience to like come to that realization that, that that was the thing we were in the best position for. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately over the next five years, we'll be building some products and getting some stuff rolled out. We have lots of ideas, um, and we've assembled an amazing team that we get to work with now. So we'll slowly like take people from the consultant side into the product <laughs> side and kind of morph it that way. You spoke of all these ideas, say one idea. Um, I really want to build an application for helping people form habits Um, There's a lot of science around habit forming and frequency of connection and how often you need to be reminded about something before it becomes a habit. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's something that we're in process on. Awesome. We are now entering my favorite, the superhero round. So I'm a huge fan of superheroes. What is your entrepreneurial superpower? In other words, what is your greatest strength? So something I really excel at is um, taking an idea and forming it into concrete actions. And so with our clients, we help them do that by listening to what their idea is, getting their vocabulary down, figuring out you know how they talk about what they wanna do. And that can be really amorphous a lot of times, and especially the idea folks, the, the serial entrepreneur, is like come up with a new idea every day and all the time, and it's hard to get any kind of direction or cohesive action out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so hearing all that and just like taking it all in and like spitting out, all right, this is the first thing, this is the second thing, this is the third thing or helping them discover what their next actions are um, is something that I I bring to a lot of products and projects Um, it allows us to be lean it allows us to be iterative it allows us to really find what that MVC looks like um, and really like narrow down the focus to get something that's launchable Um, it's easy in software development to march around in circles forever and never get anything out Mm -hmm. the door Um, and all product development is like that right like it's easy to spend an infinite amount of money yeah and an infinite amount of time and you can't do that like you Mm -hmm. have to just cut to the bare bones like it has to hurt Mm -hmm. Um, if it doesn't hurt like if you're not giving up something you think you really really need then you haven't found your your MVC yet and so um, I think that being able to have that clarity and to help folks um sort of extract that from the ideas into something that we can really do and make real is is something that I do and I really love, right? Like taking your ideas and making them a reality is Mm -hmm. super amazing and and really a a fun thing to get to do. And explain to um, Hacker Nation, what what is an MVC? Uh, MVC is your minimum viable um, component or minimum viable product. Um, the uh, idea is that it's the absolute least thing you can build and still have your core idea inside of it. 
Um, and so we will take an idea that's like, maybe I want to build like the habit thing. Like it should have a bunch of notifications and it should do this and it should have all these bells and whistles and there should be an iPhone app and there should be an Android app and there should be like an app for your fridge for it. So it reminds you every time you try and get a snack and like all of these different things, right? Like that you could do and you could have trackers like built in with the Apple watch and with Fitbit, mm-hmm. but, but the minimum product, the absolute smallest idea that it could be is a place where you put in your goals and it reminds you every day of your goals in a timed fashion that's scientifically proven to help you make those things into habits, right? And it's just like taking all of these things that we could do and really narrowing it down into this really tiny, simple thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's the MVP. Nice. So you've explained your strength. What is your kryptonite? Um, I get overloaded in meetings. Um, I am an introvert by nature. Um, I recharge being on my own. And there are days when all of the little interruptions like prevent me from being productive. Um, and so I have to really manage that. Um, and, and I get snippy about it. Um, <laughs> my wife will tell you that, you know, she'll text message me at like 5.30 or 6 o'clock. And if I've had a high interruption day, I'm just like, what? <laughs> Don't interrupt me. Like, you know, and it's not her fault. Like, it's the first time she's talk to me all day right. and she just wants to know what we're going to do for dinner or whatever. And, but you know, I, I definitely, I get to a point where I'm like, all right, I'm done with this meeting. I'm leaving now. Um, and, uh, so trying to, to increase as, as my people interactions increase every day and the number of people that I'm dealing with every day go up, like trying to keep that, uh, sanity and the time to actually create things is, mm-hmm. is tricky for me. If you could have any superpower, what would it be and why? Uh, definitely being invisible. Um, I think think that knowledge is, um, the core currency today and that the more, you know, like the more, like the better off you are. Mm -hmm. Um, I always say that knowing is better than not knowing. And, uh, if I was invisible, then I could go anywhere and learn anything. And, um, also it would be easier to get that like time to really focus if no one could find me. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) when I was an intern at Johnson and Johnson, I would take and go hide in the labs that weren't being used. Um, so I would go like do my, my software validation and programming work in a chemistry lab or a bio lab, um, because then no one could find you there and you could actually get something done. Um, and you can't do that all the time because, you know, there are meetings that are really important and need to be participated in. Um, but uh, I think that uh, being able to disappear a little bit could be really valuable. Well, maybe uh, scientists and engineers can invent that invisible cloak that they have from Harry Potter. So yeah, there you go. Maybe that could come to fruition. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we're now entering the final questions. So share an internet resource or app that you use daily and would recommend to our listeners. I really love Downcast, which is the podcast app I use. Um, I have it set so that every morning at 7.30, it downloads one NPR newscast, the weather, the writer's almanac for the day, and like one of three or four business podcasts. Mm -hmm. And that's what I listen to while I'm getting ready in the morning. Um, I don't want to consume too much news because it makes me angsty. Mm -hmm. Um, But like just one four minute soundbite is perfect. And then I'm getting the weather like right before I pick which clothes I'm going to wear for the day. So that's like really relevant information. I don't have to think about it anymore for the rest of the day. Um, I really, I love that. Um, It's just part of my morning routine that I really dig. Name one book that you would recommend to our listeners. Uh, I love Getting Things Done by David Allen. Um, it's a book that I've reread more than a few times. 
Um, mostly because he provides so much clarity and structure for the chaos in our days. Um, and the the core concept in that book isn't lists and it isn't managing to-dos and it isn't next actions. The core concept is a mind like water, a mind that's flexible and ready to take on whatever is next mm-hmm. because you've gotten all the other stuff that goes through your head in the middle of the night out right. and somewhere else. And that's really important to me. Mm-hmm. What would you dare to dream if you knew that you could not fail? I'd love to be able to just drop out of the day-to-day and focus on passion projects. Um, Like right now, I've got a lot of wheels spinning, and we talked about how the interruptions are really um, something I struggle with sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, And just being able to like work on whatever I want every morning when I get up would be really awesome. Um, uh, On the other hand, that's a big risk, right? And sort of the slow and steady growth pace that we've got now is a much better long-term bet. Um, but, uh, you know, if a Google or somebody came on and bought something, a vine that was big and I could just be like, all right, now I'm just going to work on whatever I feel like that, that <laughs> that's sort of my big dream. Awesome. So knowing what you know now, what is one advice that you could tell our listeners who are struggling to make that leap into entrepreneurship? Always take the time to do the paperwork, uh, <laughs> planning, keeping your books up understanding your finances, those things get shuffled out of the way when the going gets tough and things get busy. Um, And the more you let that stuff slide, the more out of control you feel. And the more out of control you feel, the more stressed you are. And then the more stuff gets let slide. And it can be a really bad spiral. Um, It's one I've experienced a few times where like to make a decision that's going to get me out of working too much, I have to stop working too much and do the planning. And so the more of that stuff you can keep up over time, the better off you are. Um, and there's no shame in just delegating that stuff as much as possible. Like hire good people to take care of those things. Mm-hmm. Give our listeners one action step that they can do right now to get started. Find a mentor and take them out to lunch. Like the world is full of really amazing people doing cool things. And uh, it feels really good to have someone approach you and say, hey, I really respect you. Could I pick your brain for a little bit? And just tell you about what I'm working on. Um, and uh, I've had some really awesome mentors in various, um, both in the consulting side and in the business side, um, that have been invaluable. And I, I can't recommend like taking that time highly enough. So tell Hacker Nation, what is the best way that we can follow you? And then we'll say goodbye. Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter as at Orange Wolf. It's spelled exactly like you think. It's what happens when you pick your screen name at like 13. Um, <laughs> and it sticks with you. You can find me on GitHub under the same name. Um, or you can check out Notch8.com. Thank you, Rob, for being a guest on my show. You know, I appreciate your time and uh, your wisdom. Thanks, Ramel. I'm really looking forward to the podcast. All right, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today on Startup Life Hacks. Since my goal is to help as many people as I can, I hope that this episode will help you towards achieving greatness. Taken from the inspirational Jim Rohn, only by giving are you able to receive more than you already have. With that being said, don't forget to subscribe, and I would appreciate that you give us an honest review. And head on over to StartupLifeHacks.com. Navigate to our show notes page for tips and tricks from every episode. So this is Startup Life Hacks with Rohn Melkabal, reminding you to stay positive and keep grinding.